0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah, today I'm in Houston, Texas, with a very special guest by the name of Taylor Keller. Taylor, welcome to Cars Yeah, do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Hang on, I'm still spinning up that turbo? Yeah. All right, ready to go. (laughs) All right, very cool. I love it. So before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into what you're doing, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about Taylor Keller?
1: oh probably just about everything um <laughs> just a uh, just a guy from california that grew up around uh, cars and motorcycles and been putting together my own little project to release a new supercar for a bit now and we just released that so
0: Very exciting. Well, that's why you're here today, so you can tell us all about that. So I'll give you an introduction here and we'll dive into your world. Taylor Keller is the founder and CEO of Keller Motors, a venture that he describes as an analog revolution. It's a supercar company that he just started, and his first car has just come out called the Seraph. He was born and raised in San Jose, California, and his father got Taylor into RC cars and dirt bikes at a very young age. He spent his youth learning how to work on cars, taking auto classes at local community college, and spent two Two years working on a small street bike racing team he also built his own racing simulators taylor also works for a nissan infinity performance shop in houston texas and races with the lamar classic sim racing team whenever he gets a chance we'll be back in just a moment but first a word from our sponsors so give them a little love buckle up we'll be right back Our pets are a big part of our family and we love to take them everywhere we go, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interiors. If you add the fall and winter weather, you'll end up with water, mud, snow, and a whole lot more that Fido tracks into your cars. Covercraft offers a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interior from fall and winter's rough treatment in Fido's too. Canine cargo area covers are padded for your pet's comfort and provide door to door protection. Pet pads have built in features to keep cargo areas and seats well protected, and they're easy to clean. Covercraft's quality pet solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats and protects from the damaging claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, drool from permanently damaging your vehicles. Choose from a variety of styles and covers for almost every vehicle made. And here's a special deal for you Cars yeah, listeners. If you use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. What a deal. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you and making life a lot easier with the pets we love so much. Covercraft. American Collectors Insurance is my go-to for collector car insurance. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowners insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy, backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-AC yeah, yeah, that's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars. Yeah, American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars. Yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or Type in Renew12 for two years, where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars. Yeah? he's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to LinkageMag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four so taylor we are back so i want to dive a little deeper into the, your world you're a young guy so what you're undertaking is super grand with this uh super car a lot of supers in there that you're that you're putting together but i'd love for you to give us a little backstory of what led up to keller motors and then we're going to dive into what this uh serif is all about so buckle up take the wheel
1: so I've been uh, crazy about cars just since, uh, since I could crawl, really. I've spent a long time watching you know, Top Gear and a bunch of other the car shows, and I started to notice that automatic transmissions and these paddle shifters were, were making their way into supercars. And that was kind of when I got the first little, little tinge of like, ah, that's not right. This isn't going to go in a great direction. <laughs> and I guess that's kind of where this came from is seeing those automatics creep their way into supercars. And sure enough, it's kept going down a more and more digital route with supercars. And I'm seeing, from my perspective, cars that are getting impressively fast, but somehow, in a lot of ways, kind of boring to drive. And so I put those two together and just decided that I wanted to bring out an offering that was uh, really analog, raw, back to manual transmissions, uh, a little bit more Vintage racing car or um, you know '80s '90s supercar style in a more modern uh, market, and fortunately enough, I had some some green flags as we were bringing this thing to market. More and more resto mods like Singer and stuff were popping up and showing that yeah, there is there is indeed an analog market out there. So we're just trying to bring a bring a cool new offering to the market and see if anyone's interested in uh, what we've created.
0: You know, this is quite interesting because years ago, I was at the Ferrari factory. I was with someone who was picking up the last 599. And at that point, right, they were right in a transition period, they being Ferrari, of not making manual gearboxes anymore. And the guy I was with said, well, I want a manual. So they custom made a manual for him. They weren't going to do it, but they put it (laughs) in that last 599. And I was at the factory and I said, what are you doing? This is Ferrari. You know, the gated shifter, you're not going to make. Uh, manuals anymore. And he said, our customers don't want them. And I sat there and I went, well, who the heck are your customers? <laughs> and and he actually said, well, I think they're old guys that are tired of shifting. And I kind of went, whoa, uh, that's quite interesting. But I think you're right, Taylor. You start to see what Singer's done. And my goodness, uh, their facility, their new manufacturing facility, the cars are putting together. And I've interviewed, oh, gosh, Dozens of people that are doing a singer esque, I'll just put it that way, because he kind of started the reimagining thing with different types of cars. So I want to talk a little bit more about your vehicle because this Seraph, how do you describe this to somebody since we can't visually show them
1: what the Seraph is? I might invite the comparison of a modernized Group C racer for the road.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I would invite the comparison to something like a Ferrari F40 LM. Um <laughs> Not saying that it's going to be that heroic and legendary, but it is definitely our best effort, you know, at something like that. Okay. So it's um, it's a powered by a Nissan V6 with a single giant turbocharger, putting out about 700 horsepower, weighs mm. little over 2,000 pounds. Wow. This is a high downforce body as well, so at speed, we're at 150 miles an hour, we're expecting north of 2,000 pounds of downforce. It's very much set up for uh, handling performance. We have no interest in top speed. Zero to 60 will be pretty quick, but it's really not something that we're interested in either. It's very much set up to be uh, out to—it's a car you can take to the track and just kind of embarrass some, uh, some lap times. but at the same time it's set up to work on the road uh which which funny enough we found was a pretty natural result of uh short gear ratios and high downforce we we actually think that's going to work really well on the road believe it or not so
0: how would you describe the look of this vehicle to someone that hasn't seen it yet
1: I would say something like a Group C car that smashed into a spaceship.
0: <laughs> you know, and I'll tell you, listeners, you can go to Taylor Shonos' page on the Carsia yeah website. I have a picture of this thing there. I think he described it right. Uh, yeah, Spaceship is right up there, and Group C, okay, I get that. I just got through having, a, last week, a guest on the show that has written the definitive history the Porsche 962. And you think about those Group C race cars and what those things were all about, and especially back in the day. But your car brings that into the future, if you will. Uh, is that a good way for me to describe that?
1: That's that's. Uh, Phenomenal, actually, because it's very heavily influenced by the 962. Um, I spent a long time in in simulation stuff studying all different types of historic racing cars, and the 962 was the one that I really wanted to chase after. And that's where we got the idea for high downforce, lots of turbo lag, and most importantly, a rearward weight bias in a mid-engine car.
0: Ah, very interesting. Where well, Sergio who is the author of this uh it's a huge 1400-page three volume set on the, on the 962 and the Group C cars and the history of all that um you guys should get together. Uh but I think there's fascinating now will the body be carbon
1: fiber? Is that the plan? Yes, it's a carbon fiber monocoque.
0: Wow. This is quite an undertaking for a young guy like you. I mean, (laughs) very bold. My hat's off to you because holy cow. And I'll tell you another thing you said that I like is we're not so worried about top speed and zero to 60. I really think with the onset of electric vehicles that the whole concept of how to get there quick, I'm not saying that that's not important, is really kind of starting to fade away. Because yeah. who really cares? I mean, the whole thing is about getting on it while you're already going, uh, getting around things, getting up to speed. But I think the world's a changing. And for a young guy like you, what's your take on these changes that are happening? Uh, I know you touched on a little bit. Maybe you dive a little deeper into this, bringing back a bit of a sense of analog world in a world that's going EV and autonomous. And oh,
1: dare I say that word? <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't, we don't like that word around the office. I think I think these electric cars and everything like that are coming by and large. I think there's going to be a, a way that they do just mandate these things in. I, I think that it's apparent that they don't seem to work very well in the market, um, and I think that's why they're going to have to mandate them in, but they seem determined to do, to do so the way we've gone at this thing is really with little regard for the performance numbers and it's it's entirely focused around just the experience of it and it naturally has good performance numbers because of the experience that we've built.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Well, it's a very bold endeavor and my hat's off to you. I think it's it's Thank quite you. tremendous. When you reached out to me and said, hey, we need to talk and I looked at the picture you sent and went, what the heck is that? Holy cow. <laughs> Who is this guy? And so, uh, yeah, you got me curiosity up, so I'm really happy to bring this to my listeners so they can learn more about what you're doing. You know, at what point in time did you make the decision to take this on?
1: Well, like I said, the idea kind of started brewing when I when I first saw paddle shifters really making their way into Ferraris and things like that. It was about seven years ago or so that I that I started to get serious about it and start putting pen to paper and developing it through a little bit more thoroughly. And then it was about three to five years ago that I started assembling the team kind of one by one through some, some clever connections, a couple of people reaching out to me, and it started to kind of grow. So over the last five years or so has really started to take shape into more of what it is today.
0: You know, it's really amazing to me how many people are doing their own thing right now. It's it's something, you know, back in the old, let's say the real old days, 50s, 60s, you got hot rodders building hot rods and customizing cars and doing all of that thing. Of course, they didn't have the technology we have today. And you kind of saw that go away a little bit, except for certain groups maybe doing it. But these days, there are so many people doing so many unique things that it's really kind of fun. It's kind of like a, a reliving of the hot rod generation. Is that a fair way to think about how well things are going nowadays?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, with, with the advent of technology and internet, you know, there's there's plenty I can gripe about for it, but it gives us a wonderful ability to take on more endeavors that we couldn't have 10, 20, 50 years ago. Just the amount of resources and information and connections that you have through it is unbelievable. It's
0: amazing how many people you can reach out to and collaborate with and find. I've had some people on the show that have built, uh, I guess what I call modern day supercars and during the COVID time period with teams that never even met each other. From all over the world, engineers and technicians yeah. and designers, and uh, my goodness, it's a completely different time and place. I like to talk about what I call our driving inspirations with my guests, people that were inspiring to them, influential in many ways. Is there
1: somebody like that in your life? I'd have to say the, the one guy that really sparked this thing off and, and inspired me in a good way was I actually managed to, uh, to meet... Aiden de Cadenet in college. We went to the same college together and, and sparked a bit of a short but good friendship. And he was the one who kind of turned me on to the Porsche 962 because his, his godfather was Derek Bell. And so I was like, okay, what's, what's this thing all about? And that was where I really started to clarify the vision uh, of what I wanted this thing to be. Other than that, I'm not particularly big on heroes and things like that. I mean, I have a ton of uh, respect and admiration just for all the pioneers of, of motorsport and supercars and everything like that it's hard to to pick anyone out beyond that
0: well interesting uh person and you mentioned uh derek bell which goes back to my guest that collaborated a bit with Derek. And in fact, he's one of the many people he's having signed these books or doing limited edition books of them. And I was fortunate enough to meet Derek Bell. He was here in the state of Washington as part of a Porsche talk that we had. And one of the people here has a 917. So they brought it over. And then at the time, a friend of mine had Two nine six twos that he actually, <laughs> well, he actually raced them. It was uh, Bruce Levin. He had a racing team back in the day, um, and he had Bayside Racing, and he had people racing his cars that were like uh, very famous name people that ran his car hurley haywood and others that were drivers for him bobby ray hall Now, this was back in the day but so they brought all those cars together had derek there talking about them it was quite quite interesting but i love it that's very cool we'll take a short break we'll thank our sponsors we come back i want to talk about some of the challenges you face because doing something like this has got to have some challenges involved (laughs) with it so uh some learning lessons let's call it that way so we'll be right back Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with Auto Geek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail order catalog company grew into a multi-website based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the U.S. are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young men and women to consider these viable career paths. Carjan yeah knows that women make great techs. I've interviewed a lot of them. So we support the nonprofit TechForce Foundation and its Women Tech Rocks initiative to ensure women see themselves in this profession, the industry and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. So taking on uh, something like this, you said you've started this five, six, seven years ago. This takes time to put something like this together. So I'd love for you to talk about some of the challenges and what great learning lessons they were, even though they might have been very painful to go through at the time.
1: One of the biggest initial challenges was my my ambition was a bit high and I was trying to bite off a bit more than I could choose. So I was reaching out to investors and trying to put together this big, impressive business model and everything. And um, it really wasn't getting far with it and was also doing this back in the Silicon Valley where just all anyone wanted to talk about was electric robo taxis. And I it's <laughs> just not yeah. having it. Beyond that, it's been, you know, pushing forward with this idea that, no, you know, top speed and these metrics aren't all that important, that we, we need to kind of get back to the basics. Figuring out some of the quirks with the engine has been a bit interesting. We're still a little back and forth between two engines, which way we want to go. And ultimately, now the, the big challenge that we're getting in front of is how do, we, how do we get the first one of these things built? We still would either need to, you know, raise some initial capital to get the first one out, Finding partners hasn't been terribly difficult because there's there's so much passion around analog cars like this because there's so few of them and they're so exciting to drive. Another big challenge we've been dealing with is going through the bureaucracy and the the legal process of building an all new car and putting it on the road. And we we bounced around with different strategies and, and costs to go through all the regulations and emissions testing and all that kind of stuff. And then I found out that there's a company called Local Motors that found a really clever loophole where we can we can fully build the car and put it on the road, register it everything, uh as as simple as you'd imagine. And if we have the customer come in and participate with the build, it counts as a kit car.
0: Well, I was gonna suggest that because I know people that build these and that's how they work with you know, the word loophole I've always kind of disliked a little bit because it sounds like you're being shady it's not loopholes it's really the way the rules are structured that enable you let's let's change loophole to enabler uh, (laughs) enable you to create things and i know some laws were passed just in the last few years when it comes to cars being built as an example would be uh, my friend henry reisner who used to have intermechanica up in canada just north of me here they would build the bodies and chassis and everything and then they would bring them across the border and then install the engine's and transmissions down here because there was this one little rule that said they couldn't bring a car into this country that was fully manufactured without all the other I mean very technical sides of crash testing and all this kind of thing. However, it fell into that let's call it a kit car. And I almost hate the word use that term because kit car has some connotations but the world's changed around that whole concept. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, and that's uh, absolutely. And we we realized that, that actually Turns into a, a strength for us because it gives us an opportunity and an excuse to invite the customer down and, and be a part of the build and see the car and, and see how mechanically simple it is and everything like that and and yeah it, it does therefore register as a kit car and I I've, I've got to say I'm I know there's a lot of taboos and, or not taboos but uh, I think it's because kit cars
0: are for a while were thought of as copycats or fakey do's or and I'll give an example I had one I had a Beck Spider chuck beck built the 550 replicas and i had one because i couldn't afford a real 550 spider <laughs> uh this one was built by john wilhoyt so it had a bigger engine it used all porsche parts for the car except for the body and chassis even had a speedster engine that he would modified so the kit car concept used to be like copycat but that's different now
1: or yeah and it because a lot of them were not only copycats which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing but they were also just like rebodying, you know, Volkswagen Beetles and things like that that really just gave them right, kind of a right. bad reputation.
0: And with with kind of funky cheap fiberglass body.
1: Yeah, and so nowadays looking at the the replicas and kit cars that are out there today, I'm shocked that they're not more popular. I mean, there's some amazing cars out there. Right. I don't to me it blows my mind that anyone would buy, you know, half these modern sports cars and supercars out there considering what you can get from a kit car company for half the money or less, but there is, but they do also have the connotation of being, you know, more difficult to, to deal with registration and you've got to have a mechanic that you trust to put the thing together. And then what happens when something goes wrong and all that kind of stuff. We just, so we're going after that by just baking it all into the business model and just covering you with a really good warranty and, you know, effectively still manufacturing the whole car there with you. Well,
0: and using a reliable power source like you are, you've got that covered. It's, uh, you know, you, I'm going to say something that probably raised some eyebrows of listeners, but if you go back to the McLaren F1 streetcar, mm-hmm. you know, they put a BMW engine in that thing. Yeah. And people sometimes forget that. Like, what? A BMW engine? Now, okay, granted, it was modified, but <laughs> that's how they got around having to completely create their own power plant for the cars, take something that's reliable. German power plant, that's good. Japanese power plant, very reliable. So use that technology but then wrap it in this special package is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and and not only that is to our benefit that modern engines are getting more and more complicated so it gives us, you know, even more reason to go back to a bit of a older engine which is much more abundant and and affordable which keeps things simpler and cheaper and just kind of it just wins all the way across the board.
0: Well, if you had a bucket list or a crystal ball to look out in the future do you have a point out there on the calendar of when you want to have that first car done
1: man i i want to get one out as soon as possible we are ready to go we're just looking for the resources to to put the first one together and whether or not that comes as an order or an investment through a development vehicle we're still not entirely set on which which route we're going to take and kind of which way you know god provides but fair enough uh we we when when that happens, we expect to have one out within about a year. And I'm really hoping that that's next year that we get a car out there and can start doing some shakedowns and some testing and maybe deliver late next year or early the following.
0: Very cool. Sounds great. So let's talk about special cars in your life. Is there a car that, other than this one, of course, uh, but a car in your past that really stands out? And if so, tell us a story about that ride.
1: I had two 300ZXs. 90, 91 and ninety-twos, I think, that were just wonderful. I had, I had the first one for oh, I don't remember, maybe two, three years or so until I uh, crashed it on my way to work, getting a little, uh, Uh-oh. getting a little loose in the back end, as you do, and <laughs> just I couldn't find anything else that I that I wanted more than that, so I just bought another one, and that kind of got me started on Nissans. And now i've got an infinity g thirty five that I'm both rebuilding as you know my own vehicle and doing some sort of piggyback uh research and development for our car since it's using the uh the same engine, which has been a lot of fun that one i bought it uh didn't realize that it had a pretty bad valve cover leak I knew it was leaking i didn't i didn't realize how bad it was so Two, three weeks later or so, it ran out of oil and spun a bearing. Ouch. And right as I was trying to move out of Californians and get this venture moving a bit more. So I had to stop everything, rebuild that engine. And just about as soon as I got back together, I just hopped in the car and booked it and came out to Texas. <laughs> and I was so excited to get out here uh, driving that thing that I went from San Jose to Houston, Door to door, nonstop, just food and gas.
0: Oh my gosh! Wow, a little like a, a half cannonball.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a bit of an endurance <laughs> driver, if you will.
0: <laughs> yeah, wow, that's incredible. Well, another California escapee. So yeah, there you there you go. Yeah, um, many many people going to uh, to Texas. A lot of friends of mine too, as well. So great place to run a business. So I'm going to be your car psychologist. If you were reincarnated as a vehicle. This isn't what you want to be, though, Taylor. This is how you perceive yourself in a vehicle. What would you be and why?
1: If I get a little fancy with it, maybe like a Group B Lancia Delta Integrale. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And uh, that
0: begs the why.
1: Uh, why? Well, it's very, um, first of all, it's it's very heavily turbocharged, which I seem to be. And there's a lot of things where I'm kind of slow to start off. You know, as a late bloomer, it kind of takes me a minute to really get things going. But once that turbo kicks in, I can really take off and uh, <laughs> surprise myself sometimes with what I accomplish.
0: A little turbo lag going on there.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, I, um, had, a, I had a 930 for about 13 years, so I know all about turbo lag.
1: <laughs> it's also a very uh, rugged car. I mean, it's meant to go over... Pretty much any terrain within reason. And i I kind of the same way. Just whatever comes at me, I can just kind of keep on plowing forward and, and roll with the punches, if you will.
0: Oh, well, that's a, that's a pretty cool vehicle. And, of course, Lancia, one of those wonderful names uh, that goes back to all sorts of rally racing and history. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those cars that never really was over here much but boy in europe you say the word Lancia and group b and especially that car man that's iconic yeah yeah very cool <laughs> i love it i love it i i i watch those rally races and it scares me to death i don't know how those guys do that
1: well there, yeah there's a reason they stopped the group b races <laughs> well
0: yeah a little too fast yeah it's kind of like can amps. it's like ah uh, we're getting a little out of control here guys this is way yeah. too much power for the road so is there a great book that you'd like to share with our listeners
1: Oh gosh, oh, big fan of the Bible. Always start there. Okay, yeah, there you <laughs> um, go. How to Win Friends and Influence Others by Dale Carnegie. It also made a big impact on my life. Just being able to, uh, you know, think about things from other people's perspectives and being help as helpful and kind as you can, and be be surprised on on what helping someone and, and understanding their point of view can do for you, even.
0: That's one of those books that is just, it's a reread every year. It's a great book yeah. to have on your shelf uh, to just keep. It's amazing how some of these books like that one that was written so long ago just keeps working no matter what the environment. Uh, it's just, it's a great book. Yeah, bought copies for both my kids when they went off to college, so. I wonder if they read those. I should ask them that. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. They seem to be doing pretty well. They don't call for money. So that's a good thing. (laughs) So something something worked out well. So let's go on the ultimate drive. And I'm an enabler, as you know, as a Cars Yeah listener, I enable my guests to do whatever they'd want in any kind of car with anybody. So here's the deal. I'm going to provide any vehicle. You can go anywhere you'd like, and you can take anybody with you, even somebody who's not with us anymore, which opens up the world of opportunities. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy like Taylor Keller?
1: Oof. Well, if I could bend the rules a bit. Um, okay, I'll let you. Know. <laughs> uh, I would uh, I would really like to put on, you know, a track day, open track day event with this car we've developed, have a handful of them there, and just let a whole bunch of people just experience them and then ah. hear from, you know, nearly all of them basically about what the experience was like and and how much fun they had and all that. I
0: like that. Yeah, I I see you're going to make me be the uh, investor here. Nicely done, my friend. You're a pretty smart
1: guy. Or worse, I'll make you the passenger. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know.
0: I have a rule in life because I've been the passenger in two race cars on a track and both were crashed. And that was the end. I'm not doing a third one because. Oh, wow. Yeah, one of them ended up upside down. So, uh, no, I don't get in. uh, The only way I go on a track is if I'm driving. (laughs) That's the rule. So if if I'm going to back this venture of yours, I'm going to be driving the sheriff, Okay.
1: (laughs) Fair enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I suppose if I was to fit a little bit more into that box, I would take an F forty with Jonathan Rumi. Okay, why Jonathan? Because yeah. he's just he's a uh, you know, star of the the hit new series, The Chosen, and he's just such such an interesting guy. I'd love to hear more about his backstory and and what his uh, what his life has been like and what is what it's like you know, playing the role in this new show and just to kind of. He seems like just such a great guy to to be around and uh, get some, uh, I don't know, life advice from, frankly.
0: <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Nobody's ever mentioned him, which is somebody new, which is cool. But I don't think you're going to hear much if you guys are in an F40 because I have driven one of those. <laughs> and it's not so bad at low speeds. But when you start standing on that thing, it's like, well, it's an F1 car. I mean, You don't hear anything, so you're going to have to have the conversations (laughs) before you go out on the track uh, to learn anything from Jonathan because uh, that thing's a screamer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm not always the best planner. You've got a point there. (laughs)
0: Okay, okay. Well, that's cool. But I like the idea of an open track day where uh, we put a bunch of serifs down on the track and bring a bunch of people there to get their impressions. Uh, Let's bend the rules a little further here. If you could pick two or three or four people to drive the Seraph, who would they be? Would they be
1: race car drivers? Well, I would love to hear what, uh, what Derek Bell thinks of it, because if I can get him to, to feel like he's in a pretty familiar car, that ah. would be a huge landmark.
0: That would be cool.
1: <laughs> Gosh, who else? I, um, Aiden de Cadenet, of course, and, and uh, you know, give him a little – little credit for inspiring this thing just through kind of uh, meeting and t- chatting with him. Oh, um, Matt Farah would be, would be great. I spoke <laughs> with him a little bit earlier um, when this was you – know, this was a couple years back. and This is still kind of brewing, and it was so funny. He, I told him this, the idea that this was to, – to put it in terms of a 962 on the road – And it wasn't about a week later that he actually was driving a 962 on the road. (laughs) And in that video, he was talking about how kind of absurd it is as a road car. And uh, so I'd really love to see um, what he thinks of the finished product going from from that and his, his input on that.
0: I like it. Very, very cool. I was lucky to have Matt as a guest on the show a few years back, so there you go. He's done really well for himself. Well, you've taken us on a fun ride today, and I love this venture. Very bold, very brave, very cool. Before I let you go, could you share maybe some words of inspiration, wisdom, or a success quote with our listeners?
1: Yeah, I would I would say just, you know, whatever whatever you really feel you're being called to, whatever you're really passionate about in life. Do your best to to make that happen and just kind of keep on it, keep trying it. Don't necessarily throw away your whole career, especially if you haven't figured it out or whatever, but whatever keeps you up at night, try no matter what people say about it, no matter what, you know, direction a market is going or anything, put your best effort out there and see how far you can go. And I I think you'll surprise yourself. I sure have.
0: (laughs) great advice exactly and i like your advice too you know don't throw everything away and bet the farm uh, have a runway out there have some savings in the bank uh, <laughs> to cover yourself so you don't uh, end up digging a hole too deep that you can't crawl out of uh but i like that it's a great way to go through life how can people learn more about keller
1: motors you can follow our social media follow hashtag analog revolution you can check out our website keller-motors.com
0: I'll put links to all of these on Taylor's show notes page on the Cars Show website so you can check it out. You can go and look at the uh, photo of the car uh, that we'll have there on his show notes page. You can see what we're talking about, but better yet, follow him. And, uh, you know, who knows? He might be building a car for you one day. So, very <laughs> cool. Taylor, thanks for being so generous today with your time and sharing this uh, magnificent venture that you're doing. I wish you the best in the new year so we can get these cars out on the road. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road hopefully, in a serif. (laughs)
1: Hopefully. Thanks so much. It's been my pleasure, Mark.
0: This has been fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over
1: to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up